Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. Early November in the Midwest isn't typically associated with flowers, even when it's not unseasonably warm. But this week, over 400 folks from North America, plus a few from Europe, are gathering in downtown St. Louis to learn and talk floriculture. And they're here for a first of two kinds, the first Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers Conference to happen in St. Louis, and the first one to focus on urban flower farming. Joining me in studio to talk about that and why it's a big deal, we have two guests. First, Mima Davis. Mima is co-owner of Urban Buds, a flower farm located in the Dutchtown neighborhood of South St. Louis, and vice president of the Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers. Hello. Good morning. We also have Miranda Dushak, Urban Buds co-owner with Mima and small farm specialist for Lincoln University of Missouri Cooperative Extension. Hello to you, too. Hi, thank you. Miranda Mima, welcome back to St. Louis on the Air. Oh, thanks for having us. Now, let's talk about the basics. Urban farming, I think, is more readily associated with growing food. Miranda, what are the key need-to-knows about what an urban flower farm is and what it's not? (laughs) Okay. An urban flower farm, the way um, we see it throughout the country, are commercial, for-profit family farms that have a focus on production and value added. So people are growing high value, uh, unique floral crops uh, in high density in the city and selling that uh, directly to customers through wedding and event design, through farmer's market, and um, through funerals, things like that. So this urban flower farming movement is really a catalyst for re-envisioning and reshaping what we can think of as both agriculture and how that and urban spaces. Mm-hmm. So we had opened in this introduction about the conference that is here. So the Association of Spe- Specialty Grown Cut Flowers is an education education research and member support focused organization and it's celebrating 35 years this year. And Mima, I understand that you are now the organization's vice president, but you've been a member of this group for a very long time and one of a small, a bit growing number of black flower farmers. So first of all, what did it take to get the conference here in St. Louis, Mima? Well, I think that uh, first off, I've been doing it for a long time and I've been a member a long time. And when I suggested that they come to St. Louis, I think everybody jumped at that opportunity. Um, You know, we're right here. It's easy to get people in and out of St. Louis. It's the gateway to the West, and it just made sense. Mm -hmm. Um, People have been really curious about what I've been doing, what we've been doing at Urban Buds for a really long time, and and this was their opportunity. They they jumped, leaped at the opportunity to come visit us here in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Is this because... You know, it was not on people's radar in the same way. I mean, what made this year the year for it to happen? Well, I, I, 
I think that this year, the 35th anniversary, we just, um, I think we were looking for something different to do, too. I think this is really um, kind of stretching us out of the box. I wanted to share with people that you could plant where you are, mm-hmm. you know, to change that paradigm of kind of what farming is. When when people think of farms, they think of acreage and rolling hills and, you know, these big, long rows of beautiful crops growing and actually it could be you know where you are if you have dirt you can plant in it and um and we wanted to really share that with our flower farming community friends family all across the united states Mm -hmm. and so we were really excited when they agreed to come to st louis it was a really big deal for us and how did it feel to get that confirmation that they were coming miranda oh it's such an honor and as far as this focus, too, we're, we're looking at urban flower farming. Um, you know, there, there are things that have happened over the last several years, in particular, you know, what has happened with the pandemic. Was there some effect that access to flowers had you know, to, to make people interested in urban flower farming right now? Yeah, it's a growth sector in agriculture right now is urban flower farming. So um, just this morning, we were learning in our conference uh, about uh, studies that have proven that flowers improve people's quality of life and their mental health. And we saw that very strongly during the pandemic when people were isolated and felt locked inside and scared, quite frankly. Uh, Our business boomed and it was really helpful for local growers. So there has been this moment of growth. Now we see with the imports picking back up, with people's spending habits sort of changing, the predictions are we're kind of going to go back to 2019 spending habits within flowers. But beyond that, like this is an area where people are um, excited about agriculture and we're seeing more and more people getting into it. Mm-hmm. In the last couple of years, I mean, I understand that you grow many flowers. What is it that you grow that people seem to like most, Mima? Yeah, we grow. We have uh, some major crops that people really love. Our ranunculus in the spring is really popular. Our lisianthus is very, very popular. Um, what do we we grow over 80 varieties of cut flowers. Right, right. So it, it's, uh, you know, a long list of people love and when people come to the farmer's market or um, pick up off our porch, they uh, really enjoy the blooms. And the, the, the thing about urban flower farming is that we could cut them the same day. Mm-hmm. I mean, we could, you know, move them. Um, they're not, a, they've never seen a box. They've never seen an airplane. I know that when I travel, how tired I am from planes, trains, and automobiles. That's never happened with these flowers. Mm -hmm. So they last. People always come back to us and go, wow, your flowers lasted like two weeks. That's incredible. Right. And, and, you know, that's the real advantage of um, the association is that most of these growers that are here are really selling in their local communities. And um, that really has made this industry our industry, the specialty cut flower industry, really boom. Mm-hmm. And why is it that the flowers last longer, Miranda? Uh, yes, the flowers that we grow are peaked, are harvested at the perfect moment 
of their harvest stage. And then they're harvested into water using uh, hydrators and clean buckets, correct post-harvest handling. And then they are held uh, in coolers. And the time between harvest and design or harvest and purchase is usually less than two days. So our flowers are have a five-day jump on the average um, flower that you would buy in a store that's imported. It's already been harvested and in a box for seven days by the time you get it. Mm -hmm. So by being able to grow these uh, unique, fragrant varieties, we are expanding the artist palette in St. Louis. We're expanding what people can use and grow and experience, and that's very exciting. Mm -hmm. And speaking of palette, is there anything you grow that is edible? Yes. Oh, yes. Hey, please tell us about that. Um, yeah, we uh, grow pansies that are edible, um, stock that is edible. We actually sell stock to chefs oh. here in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, we do grow some edibles. Yeah. And is that something that you have incorporated over time, I mean, given what the food scene in St. Louis is like, Miranda? or? Uh, yeah, I, I, you know... It is. We, we, we love expanding people's idea of what they can actually have and what they can eat and what they can appreciate on their dining room table to mm-hmm. expand that palette. We grow flowers that um, we specialize in flowers that don't do well with shipping. Right. So we're able to grow sweet peas and and other things that don't do very well. Dahlias that don't do very well in a box. So. That, that, that have problems shipping. And, right. and that really um, helps people be like, wow, you grew that here. We grow lupin that people, you know, you, you're not supposed to be able to grow a lupin in Missouri. Uh-huh. And it, that, what kind of flower is that? That it's, it's a, how do you describe a lupin? It's a, uh, it's a highly fragrant flower that's reminiscent, uh, sort of akin to a sweet pea. Okay. And they're, um, grow in the cool weather. Okay. Well, that certainly is coming soon. Thanks, Miranda. And, yeah, it's all right. It's been a long week. Yeah. And how is it? And you're just like you're coming out of the conference to talk with us. So how is it that chefs use the, the things that you've grown? And is there an example of a, a local restaurant that you can share? Who wouldn't mind? <laughs> Well, uh, one of the advantages of knowing your flower farmer is that the chefs or bakers use our flowers a lot for like cake decorations uh, and things like that, okay. or mixologists use them in um, drinks. So an advantage of knowing or our salads or salads, knowing our growing practices is that they aren't covered in nasty chemicals. So mm-hmm. it can be laid on food. It can be incorporated uh, into different types of um, of treatments with the flowers. Uh, one edible crop that we do grow is ginger for oh, the root. And mm-hmm. um, Confluence Kombucha is a good fan and friend of our ginger. So we're very grateful for that um, as well. Okay. We are speaking with Miranda Dushak, Urban Buds co-owner and small farm specialist for Lincoln University of Missouri Cooperative Extension, as well as Mima Davis, also co-owner of Urban Buds and longtime flower farmer. We're talking today about urban flower farming. So before we came into the studio, we were talking about um, the way that urban flower farming is is filling a need, that that there is a a growth in what is happening. And sustainability is one of the things that you all are very, um, very focused on, but it's also about sustaining a business, right? So 
how would you say that um, you know that an increased focus or attention to urban flower farming will help um, the industry not just here with your business but elsewhere, Miranda? Yeah, I think that customers are hungry to improve the quality of their lives through their purchases, through engagement with um, business owners and farmers. So when we look at flower farming, we see that um, we can connect through it and therefore, <laughs> could you clarify again? I'm sorry, I feel like my mind wandered. Oh, for no, no. So, insofar yeah. as like this giving some attention okay. to urban flower farming, how is that helping what you're doing here and sort of the movement that is occurring? Oh, of yeah. course. It's yeah. raising customer awareness. So, you know, the biggest, um, the biggest growth factor in the economy is consumer spending. So when consumers feel connected to this product, when they care about the environmental sustainability aspect, when they care about how people are being paid um, and what sort of benefits they're being offered, the longevity of their flowers, when customers are aware of this, then they can demand uh, these types of products being available for them. Mm -hmm. And Mima, I understand that you come from a social work background. That's right. So now you're growing these flowers. And from the interviews that I've heard each of you do before, there is this, uh, an aspect of social justice that seems mm -hmm. to be part of what you do. Is there, you know, a farmed flower justice that you would say is part of what you do at Urban Buds? Yes. Uh, where we plant, we plant on the alleyways and in places where, uh, you know, our community doesn't normally see agriculture. Um, Miranda and I both were working in um, with community gardens, and we had a youngster. I mean, he wasn't six. He was like 12. Actually ask us if uh, we could plant some bacon. <laughs> okay. And, and, I mean, we all laugh at that. Right, But that's right. really tragic that, mm -hmm. you know, we've come so disconnected from where our food comes from that we're worried about the next generation and to be planting in this have urban farms happening in the city really helps bring agriculture into the city where people can really see that um and yes it mm -hmm. just really brings it all right in here where you, you can't miss it right um where they it, at urban buds they could see a plug grow into a flower and they're like amazed at that it's happening on our alleyways. We plant um, on the corner of Osceola and Grand in the city, very major um, traffic way where people can, you know, just that half a second to give you that peace and that joy just to see it um, really, really helps people um, in their lives. Mm -hmm. And you all have been now operating for 11 years. Have there been many people who didn't realize you were doing what you were doing? Miranda? <laughs> um, yeah, I think that people are always curious, uh, at least about the property, um, or the ins and out of urban farming as a business is rather complex, and we won't necessarily get into it now. But 
for the property just got a sign for the first time this year. Uh And so people have more of an understanding of uh, what we're doing and why we're doing it. So we just like to have open houses and tours and share on social media and build the movement that um, if you can't get local flowers from us, please seek them out from someone else, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Because this is a powerful way to make positive change in your community and in the environment. And so just like farm to table, this is seed to centerpiece. Okay. And sometimes the centerpiece is is also edible. (laughs) Indeed. Yes, that's correct. What kind of advice do you give to people here in the city or in this region who want to strengthen their connection to flowers, to food, and to the nature around us? Mima, what do you tell them? Visit your local farmer's market. Learn what your farmer, know your farmer. Um, Really get to know um, what products are available locally um, and to, you know, really just support your your local farmers and um, educate your children. And farmer's market is a great place to take your kids for an education. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that sort of the chief way people have come to know about Urban Buds in particular? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have, a, we have a, a very robust following at the Tower Grove Farmer's Market. And <clears throat> yes, I think that's a, that's a really great way that people have come to know us. Um, during the p- pandemic, we really... Um, our business kind of boomed, and people really found out about us through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that was, Miranda? Because mm-hmm. people had some measure of disposable income when they were shut down and locked in, and they wanted to feel connected to something growing and alive and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so it just worked out very well. And and you said I never left social work. Or, or or I was in social work before. I don't I don't believe I've ever left social work. This was all part, you know, giving flowers to someone, making them happy, giving them that peace, that joy that comes with flowers, is a form of social work. It's it's uplifting. It's it's making people feel better. Mm-hmm. Now there were two hundred conference goers from, again, all over North America and at least a couple from Europe (laughs) who signed up for tours of your flower farm in Dutchtown yesterday. And I saw a multi-part IG reel that showed just how thrilled people were um, with the experience, you know, with what they saw. What was like, what was that like for you, Mima? Oh, wow. You know, it's kind of, I call it my, you know, bird song. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's my family coming to visit me. It is a family reunion. It is these are people that I know, growers that I've known all for years, all of the country. <clears throat> excuse me, who have never really seen. It was like our baby. It's like you know, it's like showing somebody your newborn, right? Um, right. And them just going, "Wow, you do all of this here," mm-hmm. and um, and that was just exhilarating. And, and, you know, I'm really grateful that it was the first day of the conference because now I can relax and enjoy <laughs> enjoy the rest of the time with my friends. Right, right. And then for your part, Miranda, as you're watching people come through, I mean, did they have 
really interesting questions for you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, it was a um, meeting of the minds. Certainly, I looked at every single one of those attendees as colleagues and that they all had something we can learn from. So uh, kind and constructive criticism was certainly welcomed. Uh, <laughs> but it was just such a special day yesterday. And we are so honored that people care about this project, this little engine that could, that mm -hmm. is happening, and that people have interest in doing something similar right. in their areas. Yeah. And, and just one more thing is that these I've been going to these tours at other people's farm for years. So to go on, for them to come to my farm, I, they, I they didn't see anything new that they didn't teach me. You know, mm. it, it was like my opportunity, our opportunity to give back to them. Yeah. And I would add, it also just felt so freeing to be, to say to folks, nothing's off the table. You can ask anything right now about mm. the business, about how we do it within our relationship, the family, whatever it is. And that was um, incredibly freeing. Uh -huh. Is that atypical at like trade shows? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I've never been. So, yes, so rather than a spirit of competition, yes. there's a lot of, you're, you're cultivating together. Correct. The, the goal of this project was to build the local movement. And within the St. Louis metro region, there are more flower farmers now. Mm -hmm. And so a consequence of doing our good work is, yes, we're building our competition, but also we're building the movement. And yeah. that's more important. Okay. Now, you talked earlier about what you're doing at the conference, specifically having a, a attended a session about scientific studies that shows how um, having flowers increases happiness and quality of life. What are some of the other topics that are being covered? Um, uh, um, designing more with native plants. Uh, last night there was a, um, a, a floral demonstration by the Flower Hat, um, Julio, um, and, and the flower hat, it, there was a demo by him last night, and um, there are other topics that are going to be covered today. Um, there's a whole list. I'm drawing a blank right now. But, no, uh, uh, yeah. People are really curious in kind of the nitty-gritty, growing ranunculus, growing dahlias, uh, certainly, but then it's always balanced with like business, bookkeeping, and then post-harvest handling, which is yes. our advantage, is okay. being able to grow unique hard to ship varieties and then treating them well so you get them at the height of beauty. Okay. So the height of beauty, what is a flower hat before I Oh, I'm oh, sorry. That moment? is a business. business. Okay. That is uh, Julio <laughs> Flores. That's we, not his name. Um, yeah. <laughs> we often refer to each other as our business names oh, in, you do? Okay. The, in the conference. Okay. Be like, oh, there's Farmer Bailey. Oh, yeah. there's uh, Little State Flower Company. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So what is at its its peak right now? As far as what you are growing. growing, yeah. Yeah, right now in the greenhouse, we have incredible, we're getting ready for our Thanksgiving um, flowers, and we have incredible, beautiful mums in the greenhouse, ornamental cabbages, um, eucalyptus, um, what else is in there? Uh, roses. Uh -huh. um, yeah, we're just getting ready, gearing up for... Ginger is still in the greenhouse. Mm -hmm. um, we're just gearing up right now for our Thanksgiving. And Miranda, is there anything that uh, you all have become known for among the the flowers that you grow? So you were talking about things that are like that are hard to grow um, in certain places. Like what what does urban buds do really well? 
Urban does, Urban Buds does season extension really well. So having beautiful ranunculus in March, being uh, able to hit uh, Valentine's Day, the early spring holidays, including Mother's Day. So ranunculus, we'll say it over and shout it to the heavens. People love our ranunculus. Icelandic poppies are another crowd pleaser fan favorite. And the sweet peas, I'm going to say it. People go gaga over anything with fragrance. Yeah. Now, is there anything else budding in the world of urban flower farming that really excites you? Budding in urban flower farming. Yeah, for me, what it excites me is that there's so much interest in this. So the idea of uh, people expanding more into yes. education, like workshops. When we say, what's the best thing someone can do to connect with their local food movement or flower? is plant a garden yourself. So get your hands dirty. Help people feel empowered. I'd say the other thing that's uh, really exciting right now in urban flower farming is that uh, there's really this awareness that we can uh, work with um, the city, work with the government, work with the community to create supportive systems that uh, allow this type of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Well, it's wonderful to hear that after 11 years of, of work on Urban Buds that you've been able to, to introduce people to it right here in St. Louis. Miranda Dushak is co-owner of Urban Buds and a small farm specialist at Lincoln University's STL Extension. And Mima Davis is co-owner of Urban Buds Flower Farm in South St. Louis and vice president of the Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers. Thank you both for sneaking away from the conference to talk with us today. Oh, thank you for having us. It means the world to us at your care. Thank you. This episode was produced by Elaine Shaw. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.